This is episode 581 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How to Keep Your Car Prepped for Survival. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. Hey, let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from BackdoorSurvival.com, and the article is entitled, How to Keep Your Car Prepped for Survival. Now, I don't agree with everything in this article. There are some good things here, some things that I'll, I'll point out as well that I'm just going to outright tell you I don't agree with. And then I want to just give some commentary at the very end of this article, just kind of round it out overall, if, uh, if you don't mind me doing that. So let's go ahead and jump in. A common bug out or survival strategy is to simply outfit a vehicle with all the necessary supplies and resources you would need. When you're preparing for an emergency, your vehicle is a good place to store certain items since it's likely to be the quickest path to safety. More importantly, once you have supplies on board, you can keep moving. That is until something prevents you from doing so, like low fuel or a dead battery. Now don't mistake this for a dissenting opinion, as the vehicles are still a great option. The point is that you need to be prepared for anything, even a flat tire. Now, certain events or problems can grind your movement to a halt, and depending on what's going on around you, that can be extremely dangerous. For example, you don't want to have to stop at a gas station for fuel in an area where people are looting or rioting. It's better to simply have backup supplies handy. So where do you store all your supplies? Before diving in, it's important to point out that this list, while comprehensive, may include way too much as a whole. You'll need to pick and choose what you store in your vehicle and what you'll toss in before leaving your home or property. You certainly won't be able to fit everything, but if you plan appropriately, you can get pretty close. Now, a large truck with a decent truck bed is the go-to vehicle, but you can also hitch on a trailer or just hop in a large camper. However, there are downsides to the trailer and camper as they increase your total footprint. It will be difficult moving through more populated areas and you won't be able to go off-road, which can also be problematic. So what makes prepping so difficult is that no one truly knows what kind of situation or event may happen. So a proper plan always incorporates multiple possibilities. That's why you should use your discretion to decide not just what to pack, but how to store said gear. A trailer, camper, or RV might be good for you and it might not. That's also why this is an important thing to decide upfront because then you know how much storage space you have to work with. So here's a list of the absolute must-haves. To break the supplies down even further, there are some things you must have if you have any hope to survive and some gear that's more optional. If you have limited storage space, you'll want to be sure you have these 11 necessities first before adding anything else. So number one, of course, is going to be food and water. Water is incredibly important, not just for your survival, but for serving other purposes. You can also use water to clean or rinse, to cool down an overheating car, or even power certain goods via hydroelectric energy. All right, so I don't know how 
you would power up with hydroelectric energy the water that you have uh, on hand. I'm not sure how that would work there. Maybe there's uh, something that uh, is out there that will do that nowadays. I don't know. So if you can, you should also pack a water filtration system or a tool. This will ensure that if you run out of water, you can still hydrate yourself from any source. LifeStraw is an excellent choice. Now guys, I've mentioned LifeStraws before, and if you want something very, very basic, like you have maybe kids or people that you just, you're afraid that they might not know how to use something like a Hydro Blue or a Mini Sawyer, then a LifeStraw is the easiest thing to use. But if you can teach someone how to use the Hydro Blue VersaFlow, I would really recommend that you can you you can filter a lot of water. There are a lot of possibilities with the Hydro Blue VersaFlow that I've talked about here on the podcast many many times. And then if you can't get the Hydro Blue VersaFlow, then the Mini Sawyer would be the next one that I would choose. All right, so continuing on here, you'll want to pick at least 3 to 4 gallons of water or more if you have the room. As for food, non-perishables are the definitive choice, but there's no limit to how much you should take. The bigger the group, the more food you should be packing. At a minimum, include at least two months of food for everyone on board. Most survival guides recommend at least a year's supply, but that will be difficult to cram in a vehicle, especially if you have a big family. Now, this is one of those things here where I just, you know, I'm going to address this here at the very end, but I think it's very... I'm even going to say comical, and I hate to say this on a, about an article on Backdoor Survival, and I'm very glad that, and I know that Samantha would not have written an article like this, um, but just carrying two months of food in a truck, even in an RV or camper, would be very hard, and then if you are carrying a year's worth, that would be very, very hard, especially with all the other things that we're talking about here. And so, you know, that's just, I'm going to address that here at at the very end of the article, but I just want to point that out uh, as we move forward. So continuing on, just one more sentence here in this topic. It goes without saying, but if you have an infant, be sure to pack formula and baby food too. All right, so number two is a first aid kit. If someone gets hurt or if you come across someone who is wounded, You'll need first aid supplies. It's easy to forget how dangerous the world is until you're working on a vehicle and slice your hand or burn yourself on a hot engine. Unattended, wounds can grow infected pretty quickly, which is a death sentence on the open road, especially without antibiotics. The easiest route is to purchase a pre-packaged first aid kit, but it's much safer to custom package your own. That way, you can be sure everything you'll need is included from bandages and gauze to antibacterial ointment. Number three, fuel and oil. Remember to pack extra fuel and oil in case your vehicle runs low. Some other fluids you might consider include wiper fluid, transmission fluid, power steering, and antifreeze. If you want to be extra resourceful, you can pack some extra filters and tools to change them out as well. Blown head gaskets are another possibility during long trips. When this happens, it can put you down for good. That's why it's always a great idea to have a temporary fix or solution for blown head gaskets. If your vehicle doesn't overheat after running for more than 15 minutes, you can often use a chemical repair product to repair the leak without having to take your engine apart. Number four, tools. Most vehicles have lug wrench stowed away in the trunk, but that's not the only tool you'll need on the open road. Be sure to pack an entire kit and include everything you need to service your vehicle. Take care of a potential camp or even protect yourself. 
utility knives, screwdrivers, hammers, hatchets, zip ties, spare fuses, electrical tape, flashlights, duct tape, wrenches, pliers. The list is certainly expansive. Larger tools like shovels or pickaxes may also be good to bring along. Number five, batteries, solar, or portable power packs. You cannot power everything using your car battery, especially when the vehicle is parked. But be sure to bring batteries for your device and tools and bring a healthy selection of sizes from AA to D. It's also a great idea to pack a couple of fully charged portable packs so you can charge any USB device or electronics. You can find many of them that attach to a solar panel to keep them juiced up indefinitely. In fact, you can even find portable solar charging systems, which are excellent for any bug out situation. If you have enough room, stow a generator. It doesn't matter whether it's gas or solar powered, though the latter is the more convenient and sustainable choice. Either way, you'll have enough power to energize several items or devices, including lights for a camp. So when we're talking about power here, I know he said, you know, you don't want to power everything when your car is just parked. But we talked a lot about using an inverter. And remember, in a vehicle, now if you're traveling, of course, you want to conserve as much fuel as you need. But if you are needing to charge something, then you can use your 12 volt charger in the vehicle while you are driving. Uh, you definitely you want to top off everything there. But then if you needed to, you can use an inverter to charge things up and definitely use your power packs. And I think solar is a good way to go. Make sure that it truly is. If you're looking at a solar charge charger battery type thing, make sure that it truly is something that can be charged, uh, you know, solar and not just that it says it, you know, just as a backup. So there are things that, you know, battery packs that you can buy that I recommend because they're, they're cheap. They hold a lot of power but they have this solar charger on there and they make it seem like you can just stick it out in the in the sun and you would charge it and what they tell you when you read the fine print is that it's really you know that's like an in a very severe emergency situation right and you had no other way to charge up your battery pack you can put it in the sun and over time maybe over many days it would get a charge but anyway so just make sure that what you're what you're looking at for solar truly is something that can uh, charge up batteries, you know, with the solar panel and things like that. All right. Continuing on number six is weapons. If you have guns and ammunition, pack them. You might not need them, but you never know if you'll encounter a situation when you do, especially on the open road after a disaster. This category isn't just relegated to firearms though. Be sure to pack a number of defensive weapons. This could be anything from a baseball bat to a hatchet or a climbing pick. Then there's a CB or a ham radio. When you're on the open road, you'll want to know what's happening around you. That radio in your vehicle will be one of the first things to do in a black, widespread blackout. But if you have a CB or ham radio available, you can still pick up live broadcasts from nearby areas. CB will even let you communicate with other survivors nearby, which may be crucial for resupplying or hunkering down. Number eight, spare tire. You should always have at least one spare tire available, but it's more ideal to have a full set. More importantly, do not rely on donuts or conventional spares. Instead, buy full-size tires that would work as a complete replacement, not just a temporary solution. When you're driving hundreds of miles at high speeds, the smaller donut-style tires won't last long. 
Okay, guys, again, with all the things that you are carrying here, you know, we're at number eight. I think there was like 11 here, a full set of tires. I just, and then the whole two months worth, a year's worth of food is just not going to be practical. It's not going to be doable. What I do want to say here, because I have experienced this here recently with my son's vehicle, is you want to put eyes on your spare tire pretty often, right? You want to check it. And maybe this podcast will, you know, maybe trigger something for you to go take a look at it. You know, we had to change out my son's tire, at least put on the, the donut, the spare tire temporarily. And one of the things that I did not like to see is there was rust along the rim where the rim touched the tire. And I was just very, I mean, there was air in the tire, all of that. It, it held up. But I was just very afraid that it was not going to last. And in fact, I was following him as we were driving and there was a lot of dust coming from it. And I was like, man, this is it. It's not going to last. But it's one of those things where you need to put your eyes on your spare tires. You, you know, sometimes they just lose air. And, you know, you might find yourself in an emergency situation, not in one of these end of the world situations, but you might find yourself on the side of the road needing to change your tire. And then you wind up finding out that your spare tire is low on air and, you know, you can't really use it. And so there are things that you want to to have and, and you just want to make sure that those things are in working order. All right. So definitely check your spare tires. All right. Number nine, a portable cooker or a stove. It is fortunate that we live in a more technologically advanced period where a huge selection of solar powered items and goods are available. They are absolutely brilliant for outdoors and on the go adventures. Believe it or not, there are even solar powered grills or cookers that can be extremely helpful in a pinch. Regardless, you'll want something to cook or heat up certain foods. If you go hunting for small game, you'll certainly need a way to cook the meat. A campfire is always great, but you'll want alternatives too. All right, so the portable cooker or the, the stoves, you know, those take a long time to cook food. And so you just need to be aware of that. It's one of those things where you, you kind of set it and you might need to come out and check the position of the sun. But if you're using one of those solar-powered cookers, just know that you're going to be sitting around for a while. It's not the same as using something like a, you know, like a Coleman Camp grill that can fire up very quickly with, uh, you know, the little propane, uh, you know, packs, or or you have a butane stove, or even you know the old Coleman uh, stoves that you put the fuel in and you pump up. I mean, those you can start cooking right away. And then, of course, you have a fire and stuff like that. I just, I don't know about the solar powered <laughs> cookers here when you're talking about being in a vehicle. All right, number 10, arc or weather resistant lighters. Conventional lighters require butane and different forms of fuel. When you run out, you're back to the Stone Age. Arc or weather resistant lighters do require energy, but the good news is that they're quick and easy to charge. If you have a generator, solar power bank, or even USB port in your vehicle, you can charge up the lighter in minutes. Not to mention, they last for an incredibly long time and will provide enough sparks to start a sizable fire. Alright guys, those arc lighters are pretty cool. And yeah, you can, if you have a battery pack, you can use that with a USB connection. You can use that to charge up your, uh, your lighter and uh, man, you're good to go. So they are pretty cool if you haven't uh, checked those out before uh, survival frog does sell them and uh, i have one i purchased off of amazon a while back uh, i have not tried out survival frogs but they do have them and so you can see what you think about those 
Number 11 is map or navigation tools. Now getting lost with limited resources and fuel is not something you want to do, nor is taking a wrong turn. Be sure to include everything you would need to navigate from a paper map or GPS tool to an analog compass. All right, so here are some additional gear or additional gear to bring as space allows. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and do this opening paragraph here, and then we're going to read a lot of these things, and some of you are just, I might feel your eye roll all the way through the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and go through this. Once you have everything packed from the list above, you can move on to the rest of these items. It's important to also mention that just because some of these items are listed in this section, it doesn't mean they aren't important or useful. A high-quality multi-tool, for example, can replace up to a dozen solo tools, saving you much-needed space, but also providing ample support for various events. The reason it's not considered a necessity is that so long as you have other tools, you're all set. Even so, it will definitely boost sustainability and your chances of survival. Here are 13 additional items you may want to pack in your car in case of an emergency. Number one, the high-quality multi-tool. Now, because it was already used as an example, let's mention it right away. Any high-quality multi-tool can replace nearly an entire toolkit. While you should still carry specific items like a knife or fire steel, the multi-tool works because it keeps you out of the toolbox. You can swap from pliers to scissors almost instantly, all while using the same component. Rescue me tools are capable of many things, from breaking windows to slicing through seatbelts. Packing crowbars are also great and can be used to open just about anything. All right, so I don't agree that a multi-tool can replace an entire toolkit, but they are very valuable, especially if you have a high-quality one. Don't get one of those that are like free, like, you know, like you subscribe to the NRA or whatever, and they send you a multi-tool, you will cut your fingers off faster than you can, you know, shake a stick at it. So don't, don't, you know, don't rely on one of those really cheap multi-tools. If you're going to use a multi-tool, buy a really good quality one. You know, you really can't go wrong with Leatherman, but there are some other ones out there as well. All right, number two, a fire extinguisher. Fire extinguishers tend to take up only a small amount of space, yet they are incredibly handy in the event of a roaring fire or road hazard. If you have some extra room, be sure to include a fire extinguisher in your vehicle. You may never have to use it, but you don't want to find yourself without it when you do need one. Number three, alternate transportation. What happens if your vehicle fails? What if you need to get out and traverse on foot for a time? You'll want at least one alternative form of transportation, be it a skateboard, bike, or even a fold-up scooter. Bikes are the top choice because they are relatively easy to pilot depending on fitness level and can get up to 10 to 12 miles per hour just while coasting. That's fast enough to bypass or avoid dangerous areas in a jiffy. Number four, extra clothing and jackets. You'll want to pack extra clothes and jackets to stay somewhat clean and prepare for varying climates. If it's hot, you'll want gear that's breathable yet covers most of your skin. If it's cold, you'll need to bundle up. Consider where your trip will take you and what kind of conditions you may be passing through. Number five, camping gear. If you want to stop or take a rest, you'll need a place to hang your head. Camping gear is a good idea to pack if you have the room. Tents are relevant, yes, but you'll also want to consider sleeping bags, blankets, pillows, and the like. Number six, quick fix items. Duct tape is super versatile, but you should consider packing similar items that can be used to quickly fix problems, including those with your vehicle. 
Friction tape, super glue, JB Weld, WD-40, and more are all suitable choices. Number seven, protective gear. Be sure to include face masks, respirators, eyewear and goggles, gloves and knee pads for everyone in your group, provided you have the room, of course. Again, you know, I'm picturing Mary Poppins bag where you can just fit all of this stuff in, you know, and so you're good. You'll be able to pack all of this stuff in your one vehicle. I know number eight. I don't know why this one is in here. I just, it just boggles me. Number eight is a food dehydrator. They can be bulky and require a source of energy, which is why it's included in the optional section. But food dehydrators offer a lot of convenience and usability. You can toss a wide variety of perishable foods or goods inside and preserve them for long-term storage. On the open road with limited supplies, you take what you can get, so a dehydrator will be invaluable. All, all right, I'm, not, I'm just not even gonna. I'm just not even gonna comment. Okay, number nine, hunting supplies. Crossbows and weapons are already on your list, most likely. So this in- entry is more about the other items necessary for hunting. You'll want tools to clean and gut your catch, as well as something to store the meat and additional parts. You might also need tools to tan hides or work with them once they're dried out. Number 10, element protection. When it's raining, water-resistant jackets and clothing are beyond helpful. In fact, they can be the difference between catching pneumonia or staying dry. Other supplies are necessary to retain protection from the elements too. Consider things like umbrellas, tents, and hats or cover-ups for sun exposure. Number 11, again, I don't know why you want to pack this in your vehicle. Seeds and gardening tools. If you decide to stop somewhere and hunker down, you can plant any seeds you have brought along, which take up minimal space. But you can also plant seeds and garden while on the go, believe it or not. Buckets or storage bins filled with soil and seedlings can be tended from anywhere. You'll want to ensure you have the right amount of water, the right tools, and the right nutrients and supplies inside of Mary Poppins bags, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right, number 12, pet supplies. Cat, dog, lizard, bird, it doesn't matter. In a disaster situation, you need to be able to provide for your animal companions too. Make sure you have enough supplies packed for them, including any additional care items like kitty litter, medicine, toys, and more. Number 13, tarps and rags. Plastic or durable tarps are great for so many things, from rain and moisture protection to ground cover. Be sure to pack at least one tarp along with a few rags. The rags will be handy in the event of a spill or leak situation. Now, whether your plan is to drive directly to a bug out spot or to keep on moving indefinitely, you'll absolutely need to bring enough supplies to sustain yourself in an emergency. The items you see listed here are great to include, but if you only have enough room for the bare necessities, be sure you have at least everything in the must-have section. A lot of items are easy to forget or overlook, and this list can serve as a reminder. The most important thing to remember is that you should plan and prepare for just about any contingency. You would do the same if you were hunkering down inside your home, so you should do it in case you need to take your escape vehicle too. All right, so guys, let me let me come back here and let me start out by saying this. I think your vehicle is very important. If you are in a situation or if you are in an area where you do drive and you drive, you know, you have to drive to work, you drive around town. For instance, there are places in the United States where 
um, like you go to New York, maybe Chicago, places around where everything is there, right? People don't own cars in certain places because there's public transportation if they really need to go far. But then the other thing is that everything is there, like they build up. Now, where I live in Houston and in Texas, everything builds out. So it's not it's not uncommon to travel 30 minutes into work, right? There are some people that travel even longer into work, maybe 45 minutes to an hour, and you're not taking a train there, you are driving. And then sometimes traffic is so bad that you know you might be going, you know, like for instance, uh, during the weekend, it might take you 20 minutes. But during, you know, rush hour or morning traffic, it might take you an hour. And so people are in certain places are in their vehicle a whole lot. So I do think it is very, very important to make sure that your vehicle is stocked and you have things in there that will help you get through in an emergency situation. However, this article, I think, was written with the idea of the end of the world as we know it, right? The zombies have come. And then you're getting in your vehicle and you are leaving and you are hightailing it. And so the very at the very end, they talked about two things, whether you are bugging out or you're going to be in your vehicle or traveling indefinitely, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. So on that, two things. I have said this many, many times, and I'm hoping that if you are. If you're a, you know, a listener that you've you've heard me say this before, I hope that you know you remember this. And I hope this is something that you really take to heart. And if you are new to the podcast and new to maybe new to preparedness, this is very important to understand. If you are bugging out, whatever that means, if you are bugging out in a vehicle, you are bugging out by foot, whatever you are doing, then that means that you are going somewhere. You know where you are going. You do not bug out to run to the woods, you know, and camp indefinitely. That's not bugging out. That is evacuation, right? That is, that is, I'm never coming home and then I'm headed to the woods. And that means you're turning into, you know, wilderness survival guy. You're going to be living off the land, which very, very few people will do uh, or able to do. You'll wind up dying. So anyway, if you're bugging out, you are bugging out to a specific place. That is your bug out location. You have a bug out retreat. You have a place out in the country. You are bugging out to, you know, your parents, grandparents, your uncle and aunts who live out in the country, whatever you are, you're going that way. If you are thinking about traveling in your vehicle indefinitely, I think that is a bad move because your fuel is only going to last you a certain amount of time. And then you're going to have to continue to find fuel And so you're going to have to find people that will sell you fuel. You're going to have to take fuel from people and you're going to have to somehow get it out of the ground. That's just not a very good plan. So you just really think that one through. I think this guy who was writing this article was thinking about, you know, the walking dead and like, okay, we're, we're going to be jumping from vehicle to vehicle to vehicle. And we're going to find all these vehicles on the side of the road. And we'll just be able to just grab gas from them. That's just not the the way that, you know, that's just not realistic in where you're going to go and you're surviving, especially if you have your family with you and you have people that are depending on you and all of that good stuff. So please think this through a little bit. You're bugging in, you're staying where you are, but if you are bugging out, you are going somewhere. You know exactly where you're going. If you have to uh, 
leave and you're never coming home, that is, you know, one of those things where, man, you're headed out and you better have, even though you might not know where you're going, you need to have a plan. So if this was you and you were getting in your vehicle, you still need to have something in the back of your head. Hey, I'm going to go you know, here, or I'm going to go to this town, or I'm going to go, you know, whatever it might be, there needs to be some kind of plan B, plan C, plan D that you're going to be able to bounce off of. You cannot be in your vehicle indefinitely. That just doesn't make any sense at all. But there are some things here that are important to have. And I just want to, I'm, I'm going to, so you might hear the scroll of my, of my mouse uh, just because I'm going to be scrolling down and just kind of just reviewing a couple of these things really quickly. I've already mentioned food and water. I think food, you know, when we're talking about bugging out, you're carrying enough food to energize you, to get you to where you're going. Um, if you need to have a little bit more, then fine. If you're an indefinite one of those things, then dehydrated food is the way to go. But water is going to be important. And then if you are bugging out, it's always good to be able to have a map of water where, you know, places where there's going to be water where, you know, right. So your route, your bug out route, you know, exactly where you can stop and get some water and resupply on that first aid kit, I think. And so let's just talk about, let me just talk about your vehicle and not necessarily bugging out and, and, uh, you know, going indefinitely there. I think everybody should have first aid kits. I think you can get a first aid kit and put it you know, underneath a seat. And I think everyone should have one of those. They're pretty cheap and inexpensive and you should have some of those. I think you should have some basic tools uh, somewhere like, you know, I, in my truck, I have a little tool bag and I have basic tools that have helped. Not necessarily that I've used on my vehicle myself, but I've been able to use those in other situations. And it's always good to know that they're there. I always talk about having battery packs and I would rather carry those on my own person or in my backpack. I wouldn't leave those in my vehicle because depending on the temperatures like here in Houston, that it gets so hot, you don't want that in there because it'll ruin the batteries and you don't want it, you don't want it to get that hot. All right. I'm not going to necessarily talk about weapons. Ham radio, I think it's good to have some kind of communication. I mean, you know, you can have even something basic to listen to that's smart. I've talked about the spare tires already, and I think you need to, hopefully this podcast will inspire you to go put eyes on your spare tire and make sure, even if you're going to, you know, to uh, a, a shop and you're saying, hey, I just want to check my tire. I don't know if you, if you have a discount tire around. They're pretty good at just checking it out and giving you some advice or letting you know the status of your tire. Uh, you know, having a way to create fire, but not necessarily, that's not necessarily something you need to keep in your vehicle. It might be something you carry with you, your EDC. You might want to throw a map in your vehicle, in your glove box, a map of the area. That's always good to have something along those lines. Um, you might want to, if you have, if you're a person that likes to collect knives and you like to, you know, your, your wife is like, man, you got another knife. Why do you need another knife? Right. But if you have multiple multi-tools, you might want to drop a decent one in your vehicle and just kind of leave it there. It would be good to be able to access it if you need to, for whatever reason, if you don't have your multi-tool or you don't have your knife on you on a regular basis. Now, I don't have a fire extinguisher, but I can see where a fire fire extinguisher in your vehicle could be very beneficial if whatever reason happens and you have a fire 
if, if you don't have a fire extinguisher, you're getting out, you're evacuating the vehicle, and then you're letting the car burn. If you had a fire extinguisher, you could put it out if it was something that, you know, was small enough and you wouldn't lose your whole vehicle. So I don't know, that might be something you could look into. I've talked about having alternative transportation if you were bugging out. Like if you, if you were in a bug out, you could have a fold up bicycle they're not very expensive and you could they have a very small footprint and you could put those in your vehicle if you have space for that and so if you were ever in a bug out and you had to leave your your vehicle you could go it alone on a bicycle and of course you would need to have a bug out bag to go along with that we always talk about extra clothes and jackets uh, or extra clothes just you know in your vehicle i do agree with that and, and having those types of things. I think it's also smart to have that. I, I think they called it friction tape here. But there is that silicone tape. That self-sealing tape. That you can use. If whatever like a radiator uh, hose starts leaking or bust. And you can you know wrap it a, enough time just to seal it. So that you can get somewhere to get it taken care of. So you're just not stranded on the side of the road i think that's smart and you can keep that in your toolbox right or in your tool bag that you have maybe like under your seat or anything like that all right so i'm gonna skip all the the dehydrator the hunting supplies i don't even know the the gardening i don't even know where that came from um, i do want to say tarps and rags i do agree with this to a point um for instance like when uh, i've ever had to change a tire it's always nice if I am like in my good clothes or I'm coming from work or whatever. It's nice to have something that I can throw down. So I don't have a tarp, but I do have uh, an old blanket that I purchased one time. It was like a Christmas sale or after Christmas sale. They had these these little blankets and they kind of look like wool. They're, they're, they're cotton, but they look like the wool blankets, right? And so anyway, they're the gray looking material and so they were a dollar and so i bought one for each vehicle put them in underneath the seat and so if you need to get on your knees to change a tire or you need to get underneath to jack up a, a car or whatever you have that available so you don't get dirty and then having one or two rags um, so if your hands are dirty or maybe even gloves um, would be something nice to have. Uh, I know that I have had some water bottles that I've left in my truck just for that purpose where if I need to wash my hands, I can wash my hands and I can dry it on some paper towels or on some rags that I have, you know, and uh, and help that way. So anyway, guys, there you go. You really like anything in preparedness. You need to think through what you would need in a situation when you're in your vehicle. Now, if you're bugging out, you know, that is one thing. If you are leaving home and you're never coming back, man, that is, you might want to have a trailer there, but it's st still, you need to know where you're going, right? And and you need to have a destination. You can't just get on the open road and go. Uh, that's not going to work out. And, uh, you know, for your everyday driving, you should have some things in your vehicle in case you wind up stalling out, you get stranded. You know, definitely you want to have your phone and, and battery chargers and, and that, those types of things. But it's just smart to have some kind of supplies if you need it in your vehicle when you are you know, in your everyday driving, right? I'm, again, I'm not talking about bugging out the end of the world or any, any of that kind of stuff. Just think about what you possibly might need. 
And as I was saying that, one last thing before I ended here, one of the things that saved my butt years ago was fix a flat. And uh, we were in a situation where I didn't like the part of town where my tire was low and I was about to, to have to change it out. And I, I just didn't like where we were. And so I got out that can of fix a flat and, uh, you know, in five minutes had the, the tire was uh, had enough air to be able to drive on it and uh, it sealed. And so we were able to get to a tire shop to uh, to get things taken care of in a better part of town. So, you know, that might be something that you might want to add to your, you know, your little bag, your little tool bag. I know that I have fix a flat in there and uh, I'll always have it in there because it's already saved my butt one time. So that that's something that you might want to add. Um, and, you know, I think the, the bag, the tool bag that I'm talking about, I got it like at Harbor Freight. You know, it was one of those cheap tool bags. I might have got it at Home Depot, but I think it was Harbor Freight. And then I got some tools like at Home Depot, like, you know, when you're checking out in the front area, uh, not necessarily at the checkouts, but they always have tools there. And so they're not like the tools that I would want to have in my toolbox, but they're, you know, a small ratchet set, some screwdrivers, some pliers, some needle nose pliers. And so, you know, if I needed anything, and like I said, they have come in handy before. I just, it wasn't very expensive. I think I spent $20, $30 on all of those tools and then threw them in there with some duct tape and some gloves and uh, some uh, battery cables. You know, I have that, you know, underneath my, I need to talk a little bit. I need to do an article maybe on what is, you know, what I have in my, in my truck bed or in underneath my seat, actually, um, because, you know, just some things there that I, I believe would be very helpful there. Again, not preparing for the end of the world, not preparing for, you know, bugging out or anything like that, but just things that I might need, you know, every day that would come in, come in handy. So anyway, uh, maybe that's a, a future podcast, a future article uh, consideration. And so we'll, uh, we'll look in that. But anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you guys. And like always, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes so you can come over to Backdoor Survival and uh, you can come read the article if you'd like for yourself and maybe click on some of the links that are available here. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 581. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com or search for us in your podcast catcher. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a link in the show notes so that you can join the Prepper Website email list. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.